Welcome to The Well, where we get together and talk about life, death, and everything in between. My name is Jay, and my favorite battery is the AA. My name is Pastor Carrie, and my favorite 70s AMC vehicle is the Gremlin. My name is Pastor Tim, and my favorite season is summer. Yes, I do. It came from Pastor Kerry. Do you know what kind of car missionaries drive? What kind of car? Convertibles. It's bad. Well done, Pastor Kerry. That was bad. <laughs> That's a bad. It's truly, truly terrible. How? Like I, I want to know. Like so, that moment where like you shared it with him. Was he so proud? <laughs> He was just like, "Whoa, that's a good one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a cal- uh, I have a little daily calendar thing. It's, I didn't make it up, but every once in a while, the daily calendar thing oh. has like a kind of a dad joke. And so, whenever I get a good one, I do tend to share it with the knowledge that it could come back to haunt me in the future, such as now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, I thought you like came up one. with it. <laughs> no, I did not. Oh. No, no. Where the car that you like, I think, is really good for runners. Okay. You know, don't you always have like a, a pacer in the runner? Oh, uh, <laughs> pacer. Yeah, okay. It went downhill from there, didn't it? Yes. It did. Yes, it did. Save yeah, us, Mel. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's Save us, Mel. Come on and say hello, Mel. Oh, hey, Mel. arm was cut. Hey, Mel. Oh, nice to see you. Hi. How are you doing today? Okay, he's doing good. His shirt was kind of falling down, but I think you've got it up in a more appropriate place. Thank you for doing that. Okay, sure. All right, Mel lives at the bottom of the well, and he collects topics that he overhears people talking about when they're passing through to and fro around the well, just in case anyone would like to come by and discuss one of those topics someday. So he has agreed to pull some topics out of his well collection for us today to see what kind of thoughts we might have. Sound good, Mel? All right, let's, uh, why don't we go down and see if we can grab our first one for the day. All right. Comes. All right, he's got one. Up, and there we go. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, Mel. All right. Perfect. Ooh, okay, long one. Long one. So Genesis one twenty eight says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Discuss the damage this text has done in terms of how readers of the Bible have treated the earth. Yeah, so I I know this is a, oftentimes uh, can be used by people to um, talk about how God put human beings in charge of all of the earth, and that means that human beings are allowed to do anything that they want with the natural resources, even if that means uh, abusing them and um, messing up ecosystems and animals and our, even ourselves uh, and all those kinds of things. So um, I, 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 you know what, I think I'm going to ask maybe Pastor Tim to talk about it a little bit because I think he's got some thoughts on the word that's translated as subdue? Um, 
I was trying to Hebrew. get to that right away in Hebrew. And the word actually, I think, is mistranslated as subdue. Mm. It's kind of more of a stewardship word, care for. And I think, uh, I think, and I hate to say if I'm have doing this wrong, um, please correct me, but I think the subdue came from the King James when they went from uh, translating the Hebrew into the Latin into English. Mm. And that brought that about. I think it's more that we're called to be stewards of creation. Mm -hmm. And um, that we're to, you know, yes, fill the earth. We're supposed to, you know, have, have children and that, have family. And uh, we're supposed to then care for the earth. And the way I look at it is um, if I make something beautiful and I give it to my child there's kind of an expectation that my child will treat it properly. And if I come to their house and find it in their garbage can or find garbage laying all over it, I'll kind of be a little disappointed. Well, God has given us this beautiful creation that God has made, including other humans and animals and all this. And when we treat it like we do, um, I'm sure God's a little disappointed because... This is six days' work that he did on this. You know, um, <laughs> I'm not taking it literally, but no, the God, <laughs> <laughs> God did this beautiful work and is continuing this beautiful work. Creation has not ended. Creation continues uh, with God's interaction. And so I think when we mistreat creation, in a way, we are mistreating the gift of God. So how dare we? <laughs> do that but i think it's called more to be stewards not subduers mm -hmm. i think um oh I'm, did you no okay yeah um i want i so yes to the stewardship i i think that's more helpful and, and, and pastor tim my understanding too was that when it came at least when it stopped being translated out of hebrew and from the latin to english is where that happened and um choice of choice of uh, uh, man there, but um, so I want to, if I may, I kind of want to take another angle that the question maybe isn't exactly asking, because I know it says how we treated the earth, um, but there's a topic here that this verse is used for that is personal to me, and um, I, I don't, I am not calling St. Luke's or Pastor Kerry or Pastor Tim out here. I want to be very clear with that. I'm not, um, but I do want to say I don't think the church talks about this, so I want to take a moment to um, is when it says be fruit, be fruitful and increase in number, or be fruitful and multiply, um, that can be used pretty strongly to um, tell people they're not uh, truly Christian or living out um, their faith oh, yeah. if they do not um, right. procreate, right? Um, and so to people who, um, who uh, uh, choose not to have children or people who can not have um, biological children or um, infertility journeys. It, it, I could spend a whole podcast giving the answers for that, um, <laughs> listing off those things. But um, uh, I, the number's actually increasing right now, um, but uh, we are public about it now. But um, Stephanie and I are, are one of the one in six um, that have um, had a, um, a, a very long infertility journey. And... Um, 
this verse alone um, caused a ton of pain in our life. Um, and so um, I don't mean to get personal, um, but more so of um, if we're stewarding creation, um, that we're stewarding each other in the way we, um, that I, mean, I guess I'm asking the church to be more conscious of how we steward each other um, in the way we interpret the beginning part of that verse too. Um, that we, um, uh, it isn't our sole purpose. <laughs> um, that um, there are ways that we steward or, um, you know, add, add in number, whatever that may mean. Um, you know, there's, um, there's context there as to why that was written and when that was written as well. Um, that our worth is not um, based on that statement. I guess is where I'm going. I think our worth is based on um, God making us beloved first and foremost. Um, but yeah, so I, I know I probably hijacked that question a little, <laughs> um, but I, I, I do think that um, that verse unfortunately has caused a lot of pain. Um, and 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 I'm not saying this um, specifically like to praise Steph and I or anything like that, but like we didn't know it was one in six. And so we had some people come and talk to us and realize like, Oh, they were going through this too. And like, and, and actually the more we're learning, the more people talk about it, the numbers actually probably, um, there's probably it's even more like one in five or whatever. So, um, just that, uh, there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes around that because of this verse too. So I just thought I'd bring it up. But it, and also has been used similarly against LGBTQIA um, people yep. because yes. um, the this is supposed to reflect the quote-unquote natural order of things, right? If God created things with order, um, and this is a much longer conversation, um, but some people point to these verses in Genesis as laying out for us what God um, sees as the natural order. So if two men and two women can't naturally come together and make a baby, then it must be an unnatural union, right? That's some of the things that people have inferred from these. Um, may may, may I quickly jump in on that quick? Please. I'm not to interrupt you, but no. um, that is that is huge. And a huge part of my journey of, of realizing I needed, um, I needed to take more seriously how I um, support um, people in the LGBTQ community because we were praised for adopting children when we were we were just as unable <laughs> to procreate, if you will, in that quote unquote natural way um, as someone who um, who um, orientation is different than mine, right? Um, but really, exactly. we and we were praised for it. Um, so that that to me, I'm like that's a total breakdown, right? Um, and it is used against them. Yeah, and and uh, and to just briefly say what you said before, um, these words were written at a specific time and in a specific place by specific people with specific reasons for why they laid things out the way they did. And we don't have time to go into that necessarily today, um, but it, it doesn't necessarily, just because it says this in Genesis, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that God created things with, with a natural order that follows this specific... Um, pattern for those who would like maybe to look more into this look up marduk yeah good point yep it's a creation it's it's a creation story yeah great okay well that will hit us hard yeah i feel like giving her another try all right let's give it a try that was a nice one
it's a, it's a it's a good question and something we should be talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mel's looks like he got a good one for us. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Mel. Big paper, little sentence. Uh oh, <laughs> that one fooled us. Is anything really new? Are the are there such or is there such a thing as artificial? Oh. Is anything uh, really new? And is there such a thing as artificial? Um, I am not a linear historian. I kind of see it more as a, um, I, don't, I guess the best way to say it is like a spiral. Um, beyond the Christ event, I could argue that there's really nothing new, you know, to me. I mean, yes, we've invented airplanes, we've invented rocket ships, but all the stuff to do that was there and all of the uh, knowledge or the, the gathering that we gathered was all there. We just had to put it together, uh, which is an amazing thing to me. I love science. It's amazing. But uh, if you ever get a chance, the history of science, um, some best topics. I love reading about it. Um, is there anything artificial? I would say being artificial and natural. Natural is something that came out of creation uh, through an evolutionary process that came to where it is now. Now, if I take two or three different things from that and put it together to make a new thing, I could say that that's artificial, but I'm still using the products of creation to do that. So, yeah, you could say it's artificial. Um, uh, yeah, I would say some of the stuff that I, you know, like drink, like my beverage of cola and that is probably pretty heavily artificial. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it has words in there that are 14 syllables and <laughs> all vowels, you know, it's probably not good. But, uh, yeah. You could argue, no, nothing's artificial because nothing's new. Nothing's not already here that we haven't, you know, have access to. So. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I typically uh, listen to um, my, my own music or something through my phone when I'm in the car, um, but I had the radio on a, a few weeks ago and um, the... <laughs> Before I could switch the the station, I started listening to this talk show, and <laughs> they were talking about um, they were talking about water and how like the water that they're drinking or like uh, you know using for their shower or what it brush their teeth, whatever it was, um, like could be the same water that like um, you know uh, Einstein used to brush his teeth or <laughs> flush his toilet or whatever <laughs> like of course they, you know they were being trying they were being funny about it but at the same time like I, that I, I guess maybe that's my answer to this because this one's jumping me but um but I, I do think there's like maybe nothing's necessarily new um in that way but I do I, I 
I think that's a gift in some ways because there's there's things that connect us. Um, you know, for if we go you know, more spiritual or religious about it, that um, it's our connecting point to who God is that we are creation. We're connected to creation, so um, that we're new. Um, yeah, well, you know, human life is created. Is that <laughs> you know, meet meet my child is it? They're a new baby, right? But like, there's still a creation that's connected to the rest of creation before and after it, right? Yeah. So, um, remember, you are dust to dust; you dust you shall return. Right? Yeah. Um, and the artificial thing—I don't. That that one is uh, that one's stumping me. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna <laughs> let Pastor Gary save us. No, <laughs> um, but I, I I do think that the the world is is more connected um, than what we we may even understand. Um, yeah, a couple of thoughts. Uh, I, th- I think I'm, I forget, but there is a sort of mathematical equation for the chances of an, an atom that was in Jesus' body now being in your body, but yeah. it's like one in ten or something like that, or like yeah. one in five. It's like a it's super like because yeah. obviously atoms, right? Like yeah. there's no count for how many atoms are part of our body. It, it's a it's a funny thing, but it it definitely uh, starts you thinking. Um, uh, and I think that this is probably this question again uh, probably refers to our perspective to our perspective, right? I mean, mm-hmm. w- how we are little animals on a little planet, right. right? Without a ton of knowledge of what we're doing here, how we got here, why we're here, <laughs> um, right? Yeah. I mean, we have theories. We have lots of theories and we have lots of writings and we have lots of people's opinions of all of those things. But if you were to sort of zoom out, um, what does that mean? Is, is anything really new? Um, I don't know if that really, if that question even really has a lot of meaning, yeah. um, right. right? Like, I guess, and I think, Jay, you're right. Like, there, there's, there are connections here that we don't, we, we have absolutely no understanding of. Um, and I think that uh, there will come a day when we aren't constrained by our uh, human um, perspectives anymore that we might understand just a little bit better what, what some of this stuff means. Um, but I think us saying something about is anything new is kind of like fleas on a dog arguing about who owns the butt. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, I, uh, I'd like to add one. Cause other I like thing to say here. butt, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to say one other thing here. Um, <laughs> what I think about is when I, when I see scientists and theologians arguing or people who espouse to be theologians arguing about who's right, in reality, they're both right. Um, my wife is a scientist, was a science teacher. And I, I believe that God has given us everything we need. I mean, uh, who would know that you take bark off of a tree and chew on it, it'll remove your pain. So I believe in this creation, there's maybe a cure for cancer or whatever. We just have to discover it, have the ability to discover it, which is what our what our lives have been is discovering the gifts of creation. And when I see religious people attacking scientific people or vice versa, they should be in partnership. Um, They worry about the, um, we worry about the who and why, and they worry about the what and when. And together, I think we could do amazing things. We decide we want to be better than them and they want to be better than us, which is silliness. And plus, we're all still more uh, interested in who we can kill. 
Yeah, we, than we haven't evolved else. all that far. Well, so, uh, yeah, yeah we, how much stuff really we can get. At, and we've done really much, good at finding out what in creation can How many people. people we can, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, Mel, what do you think? Can you give us one more shot today? All right, fantastic. Here he goes. All right. He's found one for us today. All right. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, Mel. I, that's oh, a, wow. That is a that's a long one. Ooh. Peter Rollins in How Not to Speak of God. Much desire to seek after God is nothing of the sort. For instance, to seek God for eternal life is to seek eternal life. Mm. Or to seek God for a meaningful existence is to seek a meaningful existence. What does it mean to truly seek God? I like that question. I like Peter Rollins. Do you want to read? You want to read? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's one do more it time. one more time. Much desire to seek after God is nothing of the sort. For instance, to seek God for the eternal life is to seek eternal life, while to seek God for a meaningful existence is to seek a meaningful existence. What does it mean to truly seek God? Um. I. I think, uh, well, I'm uh, first and foremost, I'm um, stalling to get my thoughts together. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do. I will say that I don't think there's a single answer to this question, and I think that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that is my answer in a way, um, as I think there's multiple answers, and I think that's the beauty of 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 this idea and of who God is. Um, um, but to Truly see God, I think, in in my perspective, um, and you know, in, in the world I live or have lived in, and in the influences that has had, um, I would say to seek God is to seek the um, maybe twofold: to seek the well-being of of others, um, but also to seek. Um, for me personally, it comes down a lot to um, seeking and being in and. Um, maybe participating in the um, beauty of creation um, and um, and just I think just resting in that um, is is for at least for me uh, um, a way to seek God I, th- I think to speak on um, you know I, someone listening to this to speak and say here's how you truly seek God I, I don't know if I would have an answer for that personally I think um, for for me, I think I heavily, and I've, I've said this in previous podcasts even, I heavily lean on to um, Jesus um, revealing who God is to the world. Um, so for me, um, I'm, I'm going to look to how did Jesus reveal um, God into the world and um, how did Jesus interact with the world and, and look at those things of how I'm going to seek God and to look to, well, how did Jesus reveal God in the world? And kind of <laughs> backtrace to how do I participate in how Jesus um, brought God's attributes into the world, so to speak. So maybe that would be my, my, my answer is a little more broader. But personally, for me, it's um, the, the beauty of creation as far as like a personal like reminder of who God is. And then um, participation, I guess, would be looking for ways to help the well-being of my neighbor. 
or 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 attempt to sure. try to look beyond myself, I guess. Sure, thank you. Um, a couple of I'm going to start with a couple of quotes. One is, "The distance between you and God is never closed by you." Mm. Um, and I, I say that a lot because I think oftentimes our faith traditions have not brought that to our consciousness, to our awareness. Yeah. Uh, we are humans. We are little, again, little animals on a little planet, right? We can't yeah. close the distance between ourselves and God, right? Only God closes that distance. And then my second quote is, God is only as far from you as your belief as God is far from you, right? God is only separated from you in your belief that you are separate from God, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and then third, um, Sometimes people say there are other, there are multiple paths up the mountain, right? Um, but I say there are multiple paths down the mountain, right? God comes down the mountain. We don't go up the mountain, right? God chooses to, God chooses to reveal God's self to us God in multiple us. ways, and that's what the ways down the mountain mean, right? So when I think about um, seeking God, I try very consciously not to think of it as some type of an achievement or some type mm. of thing I can work towards, right? There is Because there is no separate, I don't have to seek God. There is no separation between me and God, right? Yeah. So I think of it as um, how do I become more aware of God's presence, right? Because God's presence is certainly here all the time, every day, in every situation, not only with me, but with every single person and place and thing on this planet. The thing that sometimes humans have a hard time doing because we are very distracted with the things that we can see. Remember Mr. Rogers Mm -hmm. also said, um, it's the invisible that matters, right? Not those things that we see and touch. It's the invisible things that are the things that really matter in life. Um, He says that quoting from the book, The Little Prince. but uh, so we are very distracted with those things that we can see. So it is a practice for us to become more aware of God's presence with us. And that's where things like spiritual practices come in to come in because it's a practice to shut off our awareness and our worries and the voices in our head, both anticipating the future and regretting the past and living in that moment and opening ourselves up to the presence of the divine, which can also be a scary thing and also be a thing that we would rather not do. Maybe I'd mm. rather not be aware of God's presence with me because then maybe my life tends to take on a take a different direction. I, uh, when you said that uh, we get distracted by the things we see, um, I, I just watched a show on dark matter uh, and all the energy that we're now discovering is in dark matter, but we can't see anything. Mm. Um, and then I thought about... Um, God seeking us. We don't seek God. I have a pin that says, I found Jesus. He was hiding behind the couch all the time. You know, we, we don't find <laughs> Jesus. He's, he's Actually, here. I love that us. pin, though. Yeah, That's the awesome. pin is awesome. <laughs> it's, um, I, I think of, I think of Elijah in the mountain. Jesus popping up not, the not in the fire, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, but in sheer silence. The sound of nothing. Um, And when I look at, I I guess, I'm aware of God's presence. If God is love, then when I'm seeing myself and others in creation as um, creations out of love and respond to it that way, 
and I mean agape, self-emptying, giving love, um, then I am aware of God's presence more than when I'm not aware of that love. Yeah. I think that's why John said God is love, is because that, that's, that's in our awareness of God's presence because of when we experience that love, we experience God. Yeah, and I would say too, thank you, and just super quick, um, we are oftentimes uh, uh, really apt to quantify how I can how I can experience God and how I'm not going to experience right. God. Right? God will answer my prayer in this way, and that's how I will know it is God. If no. it is answered mm-hmm. in this way, in this sequence, with this particular number of things, and but when we do that, when we place those expectations on on God's um, uh, self-revealing, we will undoubtedly miss it, right? I mean, how many times, and this is for me, right? People will call my attention. Where was God in that situation? Well, God was in the nurse who came into your room and offered to hold your hand. Yeah, but that was the nurse. No, I mean, yes. Yes, Yes, and. (laughs) Yes, and that was God. When you were praying for that strength that you needed and that nurse came in right at that moment, be open to where those things come from because they come from the most unlikely places, which reminds us of the Good Samaritan story again, right? Uh, Or or the idea that um, when I want to exclude somebody, put a circle around and say, me and God are here, that's removing what what God has created and thus, in a way, turning my own back on God by excluding that which is... Christ himself. You know how God is going to reveal God's self to us right now? Tell us, In something that I like to call Uh, cool pie. And that that is the name of it, right? That that is the name of this. This is from the 1976 St. Luke's cookbook. And this this actually didn't have a name associated with it because it's from the children's recipe section. So these were submitted by the children of the church. Some of them have names on them, but some of them don't. This is called Cool Pie, and it did not have a name. But when I saw... I hope we can. It's frozen. It's a frozen pie, so you gotta kind of get in there for the crust. 1976. 1976. Cool I think we should cool call pie. this Fonzie. So, the, so it was given the name. It was given the name Cool Pie, but not a name of who submitted it. Correct? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh my. Yeah, that's kind that's of, mint, isn't it? It is. Oh my. So it's uh, full disclosure. It should it, it's supposed to be made in in a pie, but I thought a pie would be hard to cut, so I made it in these individual containers, which is super hard to cut. <coughs> the crust. I hope I hope people can watch this one on YouTube. To on see it. Us. <laughs> I'm dying here, but I can't stop. So the crust or the crust or the bottom is Rice Krispies and chocolate chips and butter melted together. And then just pressed into the bottom, and the top is literally just mint ice cream. Are you okay? No. <laughs> Come on without me. <laughs> this is the best way to die. <laughs> Eating ice cream and chocolate. Mm-hmm. I wish, like, the, the... So the ice cream is super melty, but the but the crust part isn't. I wonder how, I wonder how we could make that better. But More ice cream to melt and soften. It's like... Okay, it's super loud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good. Good <laughs> Producer Doug, save us. <laughs> what do you think, Doug? I think it's great. 
he's I don't think our, I was gonna say I don't think our listeners are gonna appreciate the pounding on the table though. Right. Pick it up. Yeah, I do. Sure. I'm a. Right. I like the chocolate bars which have Rice Krispies in them, right? Like Nestle Crunch. So the Rice Krispie with chocolate thing is pretty yummy. Um, and I will say, it was really good hot too. <laughs> Oh, I and bet I'm it sorry was. if I when I bang down it. How do I not taste that, though? I'm stirring together Rice Krispies with hot chocolate chips and butter. Like, of course I'm going to taste it. Oh, yeah. It tasted delicious. <laughs> um, I'm going to let my melt a little bit. Maybe if it, oh, uh-oh, see? It just, like... <coughs> well, this is great. You yeah, what, what do you game. think? You win. Oh. Good. <coughs> Sorry. So, so, so I like um you know butter chocolate rice krispies like I mean, <laughs> right? I mean take take me and and me being a youth director and pretty much like what I would eat. Um, the so this is just me and it's only me. Um, the, the one ice cream that I typically do not choose when I choose ice cream is mint, mint chocolate chip. You're sick. I understand, <laughs> but. The reason that I'm still going to go, um, the reason I'm going to go four and a half on this is because I see like how, how good it would be. And you used the, the, um, white ice cream, not the green one. If it was the green mint chocolate chip, I'd probably like throw like slight fit. Um, (laughs) I don't know if they actually taste different, but I've claimed for my whole life they do. Yeah. So, so I no still four and a half. And even with the mint, I'm saying four and a half. Yeah, I know mint chocolate chip. You either like it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, very true. What about you? Um, I I love it. I, I do love mint and chocolate together, and I love the Rice Krispies. So, with with it with it being said that we do have some certainly some texture and melting issues, <laughs> some <laughs> inconsistent melting issues. Um, I think it's delicious. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so yeah, five. I give it a five on taste, and because I am a huge, my ice cream is mint chocolate chip, the green. Oh, really? Yes, that's my favorite. Um, eatability. Yeah, I, I know. give it a three. Yeah, this didn't work. But I think what you do is you take the crispy, and you actually you commit to the pie, right? Do the pie, and you you got to have like a thin layer of the crispy. Yeah, like it's gr- yeah, it's it's a right? great part. It's too much, right? Um, Good call. And I'm spilling on the That's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, for the record, I made some that were in little muffin cups. Oh. So you can just take the muffin cup down, bite it like a sandwich. Oh, that would be good. That's probably better. Um, time for a God moment. Yeah, I've got one today. Um, this morning was a little rough. Um, just just getting out the door. Uh, my my son is uh he's he's pokey, <laughs> and. <laughs> And it, it, I think it, it probably led to a little bit of uh, uh, arguments between the two of us. And there was another thing where I, I, I threw out a craft that he was really attached to. And uh-huh. it upset him. And so the entire car ride to daycare this morning was just, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was tense. And he was upset with me. And I get that. Um, and we were kind of going back and forth, like trying to get him into school. He said he didn't want to go. And we were arguing all the way there and when, once we got there he uh, the 
don't know, everything flipped and, um, we were, we were, uh, it was, I don't know what it was, but we, we almost like instantly forgave each other. And, um, yeah, it almost to the point where he didn't even want to want, want me to leave. He wanted to hang out with me. Didn't want to go sit with his friends, but wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's big. Thank you for journeying to well with us. God's peace be with you. The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in the well, you can dive over to stlcaorg slash the well to submit your questions there. The Well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stlcaorg slash foundation. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at The Well. Uh, to one in every crowd. All right, you do have your joke, right? I Ready with your joke. joke? Oh, that's good. Perfect. You've been backing them up with some jokes on these. It's been, <laughs> no, I'm just saving, I was saving that spectacle one. I thought that was great. That was great. I saw it at the craftsman's table. They have a dad joke of the day behind their bar. Until yep. last time I was there, that was the one that was on it. I saw that one coming, though. Did, oh. Oh, did you? Oh. Ah. oh. <laughs>